Blog Talk Radio. And we're going to spend the next hour talking about perspective. I have a great guest with me today, Casey Kerr, and she's a motivational speaker, a life and leadership coach who helps women make breakthroughs that elevate them to the next level. And she's been doing this for nearly 20 years, helping clients achieve their goals, fulfill their mission, and embrace their future by guiding them to capitalize on their strengths and their uniqueness and evolve into the leaders that they aspire to be. Wow, Casey, you do great work, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you, Nancy. And we're excited to have you. We're going to be talking about something today that I think most people aren't even aware of, and that's perspective. So let's start out by um, kind of giving our our listeners a little bit of a definition of what we mean by perspective. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I think that is um, making sure that everybody's working from the same definition is is a great way to begin almost anything because that's one of those things that people just take for granted. Um, you know that you're that you're both on the same page about it. So what I mean by perspective is really um, the view that you take on the world, your life, um, the experiences you're having, the, you know, the way that you interpret interpret um, conversations that you're having with people or the outcomes, the, the things that you see and the way that you experience them, the way that they make you feel. And that's everything from, you know, a simple interaction that you have with a person to an outcome from a particular situation. It's really just the way you view the world and life in general, and it it completely shapes how you feel, and how you feel really shapes the decisions that you make and the choices that you make and really the life that you create for yourself. So it's all very connected, and, um, so and that's why it's so, so it's important. A, it's really all about kind of your personal biases that you bring to the table then. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and the the thing about it is that in the moment, in any given moment, you're not necessarily realizing that all of that is happening. Um it sometimes doesn't occur to you in the moment that the way that you're experiencing that moment might be different for another person. Um even someone who's sitting right next to you or standing directly across from you um it 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 generally is something that is kind of happening at a level maybe uh above or beneath your consciousness and so it doesn't really occur to you that you're doing something different um from you know your partner say or your spouse or your you know whomever you're with like you could both be seeing and experiencing the same thing but it feels totally different because of your perspective and it's a simple thing, but it it's really profound when you when you put it in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can this hurt people or hold them back? Well, if you have a perspective that um, that is impacted by any kind of um, negativity, then that that filters every single thing that you experience in life um you know if you're expecting something difficult is going to happen or you're somebody who sort of thinks that everything's hard um even if it's just in that moment then that becomes true for you and that's the way you you see things like i had an experience yesterday where it was one of those days where everything you touch just falls apart for whatever reason I mean, I I spilled things. I, 
you know, I knocked over a, a bag of shredded cheese and the whole bag just everywhere, all over the floor. And so I didn't realize until after I knocked over a full bottle of apple juice about an hour later <laughs> that I was kind of tainted from that experience where I was walking around like, oh, what's going to happen next? And because I had that um, that kind of outlook everything I touched turned to crap yesterday. <laughs> like none of it was big stuff or serious stuff, but but it affected my, you know, the the whole way that I felt about the afternoon. I kicked the bottle at one point like, you know, can I can I really just have a break here, please? And I thought about it afterwards, and I just started laughing because here I am planning to talk about this today, and I was right in the middle of it <laughs> yesterday, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> so it's a, a lot of this is how we create our own reality then. It, it's absolutely how we create our own reality. And, I mean, my goofy story about what happened to my day yesterday is one thing, but, you know, let's expand that and look at it over the course of, you know, a whole day or a week or a month or a lifetime because that's really what happens. You know, and, and if you take your business, for example, if you um, have experience in the beginning with your business, like, oh, it's difficult to get clients, it's hard to, you know, to find the right clients who are going to invest in themselves and invest in what they need, um, if you have that attitude, then, and that becomes your perspective, that's just sort of the way you see the world, you're not consciously thinking of it every moment, but it absolutely shapes the decision that you make it it shapes how much money you're willing to invest in yourself and in your own business because if you're afraid that money isn't going to be coming in easily um you know or or continuously because you believe that this is you know it's hard to get clients it's hard to make money so with that that just becomes this canopy that kind of hangs over your head and even if you're not um, consciously or consistently saying to yourself, oh, no, I'd better not spend that money because it's hard to get clients, um, it's still influencing your decisions and your thoughts. And so as people come to you um, with a need for your services or your products or whatever it is that you are offering, you still have that thought in mind. You still have that that belief hanging over you and so it does make it difficult for clients to come into you and and it might not be in the things that you say but there's like an incongruence that exists between what's really going on inside of you and the words that you're saying um mm. and and that incongruence is something that you know we're all animals by nature right we we are instinctive beings and so even if the person has no idea um, why they don't feel totally comfortable becoming a client of yours, if they feel that incongruence, which is something that they're going to feel instinctively below their consciousness level, then they're going to say no. And so mm -hmm. then it becomes hard for you um, then, then everything that you've been thinking about it being difficult to get clients um, who are willing to uh, invest in themselves and who are a good fit for you, that becomes true. So n now you've got this this feeling, this perspective, um, and it's just become your reality. So now that you have actual proof that it's difficult to find clients who are willing to invest in themselves, well, now you start to think of it more consciously. And so now you're acting on it more consciously. And now it mm. becomes a circumstance for you, and it's happening in real life, and you have proof of it. And it's probably going to happen again and again. But it started because of a perspective that you had as opposed to an actual um, reality. Does that make sense? It does. And now I've heard you talk about... Uh, one of these perspectives that I think everybody can relate to, and that's, I'm going to call it optimism versus pessimism. That's an example, isn't it? And can you explain more about that? Absolutely. Um, it's a great example. Um, and it's funny because optimism and pessimism are two words that, uh, you know, we use relatively frequently. I mean, I use them frequently even when I'm not necessarily talking about it in, in this context. 
Um, and so in some ways it becomes a little bit of a problem because we think we know what it means to be an optimist or a pessimist. Um, I used to always joke that I was uh, a pessimist by nature, but that I worked very hard to be an optimist. And I, I used to say that before I really had a deep understanding of what the two meant. And I, you know, I thought I knew exactly what they meant. I saw a pessimist as someone who whose glass was sort of naturally, um, by default, half empty, and an optimist as someone whose glass was, by default, half full. And so um, from my earliest memories, I've always had this kind of negative undertone like, oh, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. I used to say that all the time. I mean, all the time. And then I started to realize, well, geez, if I'm thinking this way, that kind of becomes true, doesn't it? So <laughs> why don't I just flip that around and start to see myself as, as a lucky person? Um, and sure enough, as soon as I did that, it felt like my world shifted around a little bit. So the real definition of, of pessimist is... Um, is during moments of crisis, you know, when the the poop is about to hit the fan or things are difficult, challenging, the the pessimist is is literally hoping everything is going to be okay, um, but they don't expect that it's going to be okay. They actually are 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 expecting that the worst is going to happen, and so they run worst case scenario you know, situations through their head over and over again as a means of making sure that they're prepared for what could possibly go wrong. And at one point, at some point in your life, if you're a pessimist, this is almost a decision that you make and you think it makes you really well prepared to deal with any problem. So there's kind of almost a conscious decision to become a pessimist because you think it's going to make you really well prepared. Um, And you hope, hope, hope that nothing bad happens. But every time something bad does happen, you're like, God, geez, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I just knew that something, you know, was going to go wrong. Things were going too well for something not to go wrong. That's how a pessimist thinks. An optimist, on the other hand, is somebody who believes, who expects, has a clear expectation that stuff is going to go wrong, that that's what life is all about. Life is all about challenges and and trials and tribulations, and that these are experiences that can actually make you a better person, a stronger person. And they have an expectation, not a hope, and that's a really important distinction, an expectation that even if the worst happens, that everything, that you're going to be okay, that you are, everything's going to, everything's ultimately going to be okay, even if the worst happens. And so because they know that things are going to happen and go wrong, they are always um, prepared for it, you know, with, I don't know, financially or with plans or, um, you know, they've always kind of got their ducks in a row and and they just don't let life get them upset the rest of the time because they're like, hey, the the stuff is going to hit the fan, bad things are going to happen, I'm prepared, I'm as prepared as I can possibly be, and and I know ultimately no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And so because of that, they tend to be more upbeat more, um, I almost said more optimistic, (laughs) but that's what they are, they're optimists, Um, they tend to be really much more inspired and empowered, and they feel safe and secure, whereas the pessimist, on the other hand, really feels very much like a victim. Um, They feel helpless. They feel like they don't have any control, and because they feel that way, what do you think they seek? They seek control mm. because they want to feel more powerful, more safe, more secure. And so they do things that they think are going to make them feel more secure, and they hold on tight to everything with the fear that they're going to lose it or it's going to be taken away or they might not have it when they need it. And so they hold on really tightly. And you can see how that creates so many other problems and yet it's funny because the pessimist really thinks that they're they're 
um, preparing themselves so well when really they're not at all. And from a mm. business perspective, if you're a pessimist, you're walking around feeling like you need to have control over everything because you don't feel secure. You always think the worst is going to happen. You're always afraid the worst is going to happen. And you think that by running yourself through these scenarios over and over again that that will give you um, you know, more security because it will make you feel like no matter what happens, this is how you're going to handle it or react to it. But really, it just keeps you in a constant state of waiting for the other shoe to fall. So, from yeah. a business perspective, it, it's it's really it takes a toll on your business because it never has you feeling safe and secure. And it's funny. Um, I, I realized that I was a pessimist, um, even though I would kind of operate through life. Um, you know, with my business too, thinking, oh, well, it's going to be fine in a month. It's going to, everything's going to be great six months from now. Everything's going to be wonderful in a year, you know, when I have everything figured out and, and everything's happening for me consistently and, um, you know, and, and clients are flowing in more easily. And I would always look ahead to the future thinking this is going to be so much brighter. And so I thought that made me an optimist because mm-hmm. I – because I was, you know, a, a bright, sunny disposition. And you know me well enough to know that that's pretty much how I, I come yeah. across in life, I right? Mean, you, are, you are an outgoing, gregarious, and enthusiastic person. So to hear that you were a pessimist, I mean, that's like almost mind-boggling. So really what you're saying then is we really create our own perspective and, yes. um, and all of that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'd like to dive into some other perspectives that people might have. Awesome. So we'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a small business owner with a big vision? Does every day require too much of your personal involvement to take the next step? At Simple Small Business Solutions, we offer consulting and coaching to align your business reality with your vision for the future. Simple Small Business Solutions can help you put the pieces in place to get there. Clear your plate, reclaim your time, get the freedom and flexibility you need to achieve your next success. Contact us at simplesmallbusinesssolutions.com. Okay, welcome back. We're here with Casey Kerr, and the name of her company is Find Your Roar. I don't do it exactly like she does. Casey, can you give us a roar? (laughs) (laughs) Roar! There we go. There we go. And we're talking about perspective and how your perspective can hurt you, uh, especially in your business and anywhere in your life. So, um, we talked a little bit about optimism versus pessimism. What are some other perspectives that people might be sort of suffering from? Can you name a few? Yeah. Um, there there are two very big ones that I see a lot with with my clients. And um, the first one is, is um, counting and discounting. And and that really talks about, you know, what um how you measure progress, how you the perspective through which you view your own progress. And this is something where if you're a a, a discounter, 
you're probably someone who is um, an overachiever. You know, you have very, very high standards for yourself. You have certain goals, vision, um, you know, certain things that you want, that you want to achieve. Um, and so you set the bar very, very high for yourself. Um, and then you constantly are, are looking to see where you are versus where you want to be. And you don't tend to celebrate the small steps that you take. You're constantly looking ahead to where you are, where you want to be versus where you are and thinking that, that being tough on yourself and setting really high standards and always keeping your eye focused on the goal, thinking that that's going to motivate you and that that's going to propel you forward. Um, and and it starts off consciously, you know, that this is how you think you're going to do it, and yet <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, the counters are people on the other side who are – um, their default is to see their vision, see their goals, see what it is they want to achieve, and they look at where they are, and every step that they take along the way, every little bit of progress they make, they they acknowledge it. They celebrate it. They feel really good about it. And so because of that, they're much more motivated, much more inspired, much more confident. They already feel like a success. They are looking at degrees of success. So they're constantly saying, you know, yay me, that was awesome. Look what I did today. I got so much done. Um, yeah, maybe I had six things on my list to do and I did four, but those four were really key things and it's going to feel great. It feels awesome to cross those off my list and, you know, tomorrow I'm going to set the day up to focus on these other two things I didn't get done and, you know, this is all great. Whereas the discounter is thinking, geez, I set up five things that I needed to do today and I only got three of them done, and, you know, what's wrong with me? I should have, there's no reason why I didn't get all of them done. I wasted so much time. Ugh. Now tomorrow I'm going to start off and I'm going to be in the hole, you know, because I have to finish the things I didn't finish today, and now tomorrow's going to be that much more difficult. So they become... Um, constantly feeling like they're never measuring up. So when you're a discounter, even though you think you're focused on the goal and you have these high standards um, and you're working really hard toward them, you're not giving yourself any credit. So you feel like a failure all the time. And you're yeah, constantly you're feeling, yeah, like you're just never doing enough. Bumming yourself out. Bumming you totally out. are. And when you yeah. feel like that, it's not easy to pull yourself up out of that state and then go do what you have to do. So in your business, when you're like that, you you might on paper be doing really well, but because you're not giving yourself any credit for it, you feel like crap. You feel like a failure. And then you start to see that everywhere you go. And so... Wow. It, it it takes a huge toll on your confidence, and ultimately you're undermining yourself, and you don't realize that you think you're motivating yourself um, and inspiring yourself to be better, better, best, but you're not. You're undermining the the very drive within you that you need to to feel successful, and and it's wow. it's so amazing when you break it down that way. Now, do these um, perspectives change with your mood? They don't change with your mood, but they can change your mood. So, uh, yeah. um, well, I suppose they, they can change a teeny bit. Like, you know yourself, if you're on a high and everything is going really well, um, regardless of which way your your default settings are, and I call these perspectives default settings because you don't even think about them. You just... They're, they are that canopy that just hangs over you, and it's like a shortcut that your brain has taken. They create mm -hmm. shortcuts so it's easier for you to make decisions, right? So so let's say that you're somebody who, who has um, these sort of negative default settings, a pessimist, a discounter, but you're on a roll and things are going really well. You know, you might, um, you might now start to see things from a... Uh, a more sunny, bright perspective, but typically it doesn't change that much, yet it mm -hmm. totally changes your mood because if you're somebody who's always looking 
um, by default at the negative stuff, feeling like a failure, you know, feeling like, oh, the other shoe's going to fall at any moment, what kind of mood do you think that puts you in? It's hard to be in a good, upbeat mood and keep that going when you have those kind of default settings. So they really shape your mood. And it must really zap your energy, too. Now, can you give us an example of another one? This is great stuff. Yeah, the other one um, that I see quite a lot of is, you know, what I call um, the difference between compartmentalizing your feelings and emotions versus just letting them run wild all over your whole life. So let's say that in your business you you know, we're all, uh, you You met this person who you thought would be a perfect client for you. You were all excited about, you know, them coming to work with you. And you really set it up in your mind that this was, a, it was going to be a go. And all of a sudden at the last minute, they changed their mind. They can't afford it. And so now they've, they've said, no, I'm not going to work with you. And you're bummed because you really felt like, oh, this would be such a great person to work with. I know I could really help them. They would so completely benefit from what we were going to do together. Um, and if and there's a financial impact if you're at a place in your business where you're not where you want to be yet financially. So not not only are you bummed because of the work that you were going to do and what a great opportunity it would be for you to, you know, be fully in your engaged in what you do best, but now there's the financial component and you're, you know, disappointed that you're not going to get that payment too, and that happens. So now instead of just taking the lesson from it and looking at it like, ah, that happens, it's business, business is business, you, you kind of feel that, you know, you and now you're talking to your husband and you feel bad that, that this happened. And so, you know, he's like, what's what's wrong? What's going on with you? Uh, I have this person who I was all excited about and, and now they, they decided not to work with me and I just am so disappointed. It feels lousy. And, and now you're carrying it around with you throughout the day and it has you thinking, God, am I ever going to be able to sign these people? Why is this so hard? I want to do this so badly i love what i do and i just can't seem to get all the right people to to trust me and to trust themselves and to say yes and now you're carrying it around further and it's really you know pulling you down and it makes you feel lousy about yourself and it makes you worry about what you're going to how you're going to pay your bills and you know do you feel like you're being a drag on your family's finances because you're not contributing and it's just like a cloud that hangs over you. And sometimes it, it just is there for, you know, a few hours, but sometimes it's there for a few days or a few weeks, and it's really hard to pull yourself up out of it. Well, there are lots of people for whom that happens, and it bleeds into every part of their lives. And they have a lot of difficulty. You can see how that can affect your mood and how that would make you um, come off to another potential client as maybe not very confident or maybe somebody who's a little bit desperate. And then we go back to that incongruence we talked about before where, you know, now this person who might otherwise really need your services uh, just doesn't feel totally confident in you, so they say no, and now it's another, you know, it starts the spiral again, versus someone who can compartmentalize and whose natural default setting is to be like, ah, that happens, yes, I'm disappointed, but you know what, I'm not going to let that affect my whole day. I'm not going to let that affect the way I talk to my husband or my wife or my kids or how I feel when I talk to my next prospect. I'm going to put it in this little box and I'm going to just address it when it's appropriate. I want to learn, mm-hmm. you know, what I could do differently. What's the lesson? Um, you know, what feedback can I take from that experience and how can I let it m- how can I learn something from it so I can become a better person, a better business owner, a better, you know, professional? What what can I take from it? And then how can I just leave it at the door and, and I'm just going to move on? And those two people have two very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is, you know, wrecked for the day or the week or however long it takes them to process it, and they let it, 
you know, just spiral and make them think all kinds of scary negative things about themselves, whereas the person who's able to compartmentalize it just sees it as a part of life, takes the lesson from it, and then, you know, moves on. And you can see how that person is going to have a much easier experience in their business and in their whole life than their counterpart, right? Absolutely. That is powerful. Just quickly, because it's almost time for another break, how many of these are there? <laughs> well, the the way that we – there are 50, 50 or 51 universal um, sort of uh, ways that, that we all see things, um, and you're either on one side of it or the other. Um, and then there are a whole bunch of other ones that, that we create ourselves, but there are 50 of these that are universal. And and I've studied about five of them that um, are, if they're pointed in a negative direction, if you're on one end of the spectrum, then it's going to, it's going to wreak havoc with your life and make everything that you do so much harder. And these are three of those five. Wow. Um, well, let's take our break, and when we come back, uh, we can explore those other two. And um, But before we do that, I'd like to talk a little bit more about who might be suffering from this and how would they know. So we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. Are you tired of playing small in business or in your career? What could you accomplish if you were seen, heard, and given the opportunity? If you want more influence, more impact, and more income, join us at Women's Leadership U. That's the letter U. We are a mastermind program dedicated to preparing women for leadership roles. Learn the skills that employers are looking for and business owners need. Gain the confidence and know how to move your ideas into action. To learn more, visit us at womensleadershipu.com with a capital U. Okay, welcome back to When Opportunity Knocks, and we're here with Casey Kerr, and Casey is sharing a lot of really good information with us about perspectives and how they can hurt you or help you. So we just talked about two biggies, um, discounting and compartmentalizing. And Casey, let's let's talk for a minute, if we can, about who would be affected by this? Who can this help? Uh, well, um, I think it's actually fairly easy. Um, once you understand the way these work, it's kind of easy to see um, where you are on the spectrum. So if you're somebody who is in a business um, doing something that you love, that you feel really passionately about, that you have the the talents for, the experience for, the knowledge. You know, it's a good fit for you. It's not a stretch. Um, and you're working really hard and you're very committed, but you're not having the kind of success that you want and you can't figure out what you're doing wrong because you're, you know, you're doing everything that all the experts and the gurus are telling you to do. Then, then you got to take a look at these perspectives and see whether or not you're not being impacted negatively by some of these. Um, as soon as I learned about this stuff, I got so excited because I could see that of those, you know, handful, those five, I had all five of them pointing in a negative direction. And so it was like, oh, my God, no wonder why this has been so hard and has been such a struggle because mm. I'm really going completely against the grain here. I, I'm, 
you know, I'm I'm totally holding on too tight. I felt like that cartoon character, you know, the one where there's a, a, a stick attached to your forehead and a carrot hanging off of it, and you're just running and constantly trying to grab the carrot, never realizing that it's always going to be that much further in front of you and you just can't reach it. So wow. really, yeah, anybody who's, and I think people who, who are um, high achievers, you know, who've been a star someplace in their life, like whether it was in school or in a corporate job or, you know, they've seen flashes of their own excellence and they know that they're capable of so much more. And yet they really just look at their potential versus where they are now and they're kind of stuck in this high potential place where they really have everything that it takes in order to be a high performer, and yet they're not high performing, and they know it, and it's killing them. Those are the people who, um, you know, for whom this is a total game changer because it means you can keep doing the things that you've been doing, that there's nothing wrong with, you know, the actions that you're taking or what you bring to the table. It's it's the way that you're viewing the world um, unbeknownst to yourself, completely unwittingly, and, you know, more often than not, you have absolutely no awareness that this is what's going on, but this is what's going on. <laughs> mm. So what are the other two of the big five? Uh, what do we say? Optimist, pessimist, discounter, compartmentalizing. Um, there's another one where it depends on kind of what you put um, in the foreground or in the background. So it's a little bit like, you know, what what are you looking on that you place great importance on? So in other words, you know, let, let's take your to-do list as an example. So somebody who who puts in the foreground the fact that they completed, you know, three out of the five things on their list and they tend to focus on the good things, um, they put that in the foreground, you know, what they're offering, how, what the potential is for their services, they put that in the foreground so they're looking at the positive versus the person who's constantly looking at, you know, well, yeah, that's there, but I barely even see it. All I can focus on are the fact that I didn't do these two other things and how much that's going to, you know, impact my day tomorrow and what does that mean overall? You know, my God, there are a million other people out there doing the same thing that I'm doing. How can I possibly compete? If that's the thing that you're focused on, that's in your foreground, then you you can see how that is going to create that's going to undermine your confidence that's going to make you feel you know less powerfully about yourself and what you have to offer um and the other one is really around the ability to to screen out distractions versus not you know taking it all in and this is one that i never realized the impact of because i'm a non-screener so i can be any place and I can hear all the conversations that are going on around me. Um, I can be completely, you know, engaged in a conversation with you, but I can know that the people at the next table are having, you know, a discussion about some other crazy thing. She's talking about her business or somebody at a table on the other side of us is having a fight. Um, and I can be completely oh my aware God, of my all that. My husband does that when we go out to eat, and it drives me crazy. All the way home in the car, he's telling me about everything. I'm like, were you paying any attention to me? (laughs) (laughs) My husband calls me Radar because I'm always completely able to do that. And he's like, what's going on over there now, Radar? And I'm like, well, let me tell you what's going on over there. So that's like the only circumstance where it's actually, you know, fun and amusing. Um, Because otherwise, I am totally unable to filter out um, all of the noise and chaos that's going on around me. So I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old son. Now, if I'm trying to write up a grocery list for my husband and I'm talking to him on the phone and I have the, you know, my son in his high chair and I'm feeding him lunch and all of a sudden he starts throwing stuff, I, 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 I'm so um, frazzled and rattled and scattered by all that stuff that I'm like, I have to almost hold on tight to something to stay grounded. Um, and if you add into that, you know, noise that's happening out front or the dog needs to go out back or whatever's going on, I get into a very sort of high stress um, 
chaotic, ungrounded place almost immediately where I need I need quiet, I need silence. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I say to my son, Jojo, you're rattling me, you're rattling me, just be quiet for a minute, you know, versus the screener who is totally able to, to just, you know, focus on whatever it is they're focusing on and they can block out the distractions. No problem. Easy peasy for them. So they could be sitting in a very busy, you know, coffee shop and they could be doing highly focused, detailed work because they have the ability to screen all of that stuff out. And so, and it never even occurred to me until I started to to really get into these these programs and these perspectives that I could still keep, um, you know, my ability to to hear all this fun stuff that goes on around me. Um, I can still screen that in if I want to, without being um, having to let every single thing in. And and I thought, oh God, okay, that's the only benefit to to being a non-screener, and I can still have that as a screener if I choose to. That's so great. It, yeah, so you can see how that that program shows right off the bat how um, it's it's never helpful to be a non-screener because you can even take the one strength that it has and still keep it and be able to screen everything else out that you need to so that you can be effective and productive and, you know, feel confident and secure. So, Well, I'm feeling jealous now because, I've, you know, a lot of times I'm like, I didn't hear that. You know, we we're driving home from the restaurant. He's telling me this, that, or the other thing. And I'm like, where was that happening? What was going And, you know, I just am completely oblivious. I'm very focused on what I'm doing in the moment. And um, <laughs> it sounds like I'm really missing out. But I, I guess, you know, there's good and bad to both. But <laughs> Absolutely. Well, think of it from a business perspective, right? If I'm sitting on a call with a client um, or even worse with, with say, a, a prospect and my husband walks in the door, even if he's quiet, I'm immediately kind of thrown off my game. I'm a little bit distracted. And if he's trying to, you know, use his, his fingers or whatever to ask me a question or where's the baby, is he asleep, or, you know, are you on the phone, uh, I, I'm totally like, whoa, 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 leave me alone. <laughs> Go away. I don't even remember what I just said. And, and, and it takes me, it elevates it to a whole uh, to a whole other level of distractedness that it then takes me that much longer to pull myself back together. And that happens all day long, you know. So so, so shifting out of that and, and doing it permanently is, is, uh, is again, a, a huge game changer. It can make all the difference in, in the world, in your business and in your personal life. So how does somebody recognize that their perspective might be a problem. What what can they do to make themselves aware that this is going on? And then yeah. we're going to have to take another break, and when we come back we'll talk about how maybe they can fix it. <laughs> but how okay. do they recognize it, first of all? Well, I think first and foremost is pay pay attention to two things. One, what are the results you're getting? Do you have the kind of results you want? Are you, um, you know, are you achieving the goals that you set out for yourself? You know, are you working toward your vision and is your vision in sight? Are, are you there? Are you where you want to be? Um, are you making great progress towards it? And, and second thing is, how do you feel? Do you feel good about what you're doing? Do you feel like, yeah, I'm rocking it. Here's my goal. I'm right on top of it. I'm right on schedule. It's all happening as it's supposed to. Or do you constantly feel like, oh, when am I going to get there? This is so frustrating. Why is it taking so long? Why is everyone else getting it and not me? What is wrong with me? What is wrong? So if you're getting the results that you want, and you feel good, then your default settings must all be um, in in the positive, uh, you know, that your compass is pointing towards success. And if you don't feel that way, if you're not getting the results you want, and you don't like the way you feel about it, and you're constantly feeling like you you should have way better 
um, results than what you do have because you have so much potential and you're working so hard, if you feel like that, then your compass has got to be pointed in, in the negative direction in, you know, at least one of these programs, but likely more than one. If you're a procrastinator, if you're somebody who, you know, knows what you have to do, but you just can't get it done somehow, and, and you can point to that in different areas of your life and in your business, then this is definitely your problem because procrastination is one of the biggest um, symptoms that you will find in people who have one or more of these programs at play. So those are really the best ways to be able to tell whether or not you're affected by this perspective, by by this whole um, compass pointing in the right wrong direction. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting excited. <laughs> well, <laughs> procrastination, that's a good thing. We can all pinpoint whether we suffer from that or not. Are there any other symptoms just like that one? You know that Yeah, that's that is probably the biggest. Um it's all wrapped up in in, you know, perfectionism where you think, oh, it's not completed yet. It's not ready. It's not ready yet. It's not good enough yet. I have to just tweak it just a little bit more. Um, you know, and then and then I'll be able to to put it out there or to 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 do this. I call that getting ready to get ready. You know, where <laughs> where either you know you think you still have to take another class or you know you still have to do a couple more tweaks to it. You still you're not ready to quite pick up the phone and start making those calls because you don't know exactly what you're going to say, or you don't know exactly how to do something. Um, and so instead, you're just kind of hanging all over it. You're you know you're you're thinking about it, you're talking about it, but you're not doing it. Um those are some very big uh symptoms. Also just really feeling like you're you're inadequately prepared for something. You don't know exactly, you know, um like what the right process is or you don't feel like you know enough. You feel like no, nah, you're just not quite ready. Like and and other people looking at you are probably like well what what more do you need you have the experience you have the expertise you have the knowledge you have the desire just do it <laughs> what's, wow. the, what's yeah. the big problem oh you know, those are so. great i think people can really identify with those we're going to take another quick break and then let's talk casey about how we change this and get on the positive side of things we'll be right back If operating your small business has you stressed, impacts your health, chips away at your relationship, and eats up all of your free time, Simple Small Business Solutions can help you implement business systems that make running your business easier. Whether you're trying to make more sales, struggling to get your marketing done, or want better information to manage your business, we can help. Visit us at simplesmallbusinesssolutions.com. Okay, we're back, and Casey, we've been really having a great discussion about how your perspective can hurt you. Now, how can you change your perspective? Is it possible? It is. It is possible. Um, first, you need the awareness, and and the awareness is a, is a great start, and I find that a lot of people kind of stay stuck in that place where um they're doing they're doing it manually that's how i describe it because it's not a default yet so so say with counting that you know you become very aware if you're a discounter who is just focused on you know the goal and the gap and so you you get tougher with yourself um so what a lot of people do is, okay, I need to start counting my progress more. So they'll pay attention and they'll start counting their progress more, which raises their confidence level and which makes them feel good. It makes them feel better. And it starts to have an effect pretty immediately because as soon as your confidence starts to bloom within you, then that really is 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 just belief that you can do whatever it is that you're trying to do and that's the key to success of any kind is having that belief. So as soon as your confidence starts to come back, you start to have more success in that and that um grows. The problem with doing it manually like that is that you still have 
um, because your default is still set to negative, that means that in moments of vulnerability or, you know, first thing in the morning, the first thoughts that are going to creep into your head are going to be um, more along the lines of that discounter. So that means that you're going to be more susceptible to negativity in moments when you're the most vulnerable to it and when you're um, kind of the least secure, the least protected. So you're, you, you leave yourself open to doubt and fear. And then that, that cycle of you know, self-criticism, fear, doubt starts to wind up and now you're in this place that you have to work your way out of. If you if you change your default setting so that it's set to be a counter, then before you even have a moment to think about it, you're automatically doing it. And interestingly enough, it doesn't become a default by by changing that behavior and and hoping that that behavior is going to take over and become a habit. So you have to actually do it in a different way. And the way that you can get your subconscious to change your default setting from a negative to a positive is by highlighting what the advantages are. What are the benefits to having a default that's that's a positive um, setting? And what are the disadvantages to having it be a negative setting? And so what I have my clients do and what I take myself through, because I'm, I'm always my own first client with everything that I teach and everything <laughs> that I share, um, the, the very first thing that you need to do is actually get very clear on what the benefits are. So with counting versus discounting, you would say something like, boy, the benefits to me being someone who counts all of my progress is that it keeps me in a great mood. It always makes me feel like a success on some level. And when I feel like a success, I believe that I can do anything. And when I believe I can do anything, I'm much more likely to actually take more action, to take more risks, to get more done. I'll be so much more productive. And then I won't have to beat myself up for for procrastinating on things because I'm just doing them. I'm just doing them. I'm knocking them off my list and it feels great and won't it feel even better the more and more natural this becomes for me just because I'm counting all the progress I'm making and then all of a sudden all I can see is all the progress I'm making and boy doesn't that make me even more productive and as you're listening to me I think you can probably feel what I'm feeling like my mood is elevating as I'm saying these things and I'm basically making the case for why my subconscious should go ahead and make that change and so then I'll finish that up by saying, boy, the disadvantages to me being a discounter is that I always feel like I'm a failure. I never feel like I'm doing enough. And if I don't feel good about what I'm doing, then it's really hard for me to stay motivated and keep doing things. And I put so much more pressure on myself for any of the actions that I do take that it makes those actions take so much longer. And they drain me so much because I'm constantly in fear and doubt that I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing it well enough or fast enough or enough at all. And it feels lousy and it breaks my confidence level down and it just feels like total crap. And if I'm in that space, it's really hard for me to be motivated and inspired because first I've got to get out of that space. And all that happens because I am discounting all of my progress. That doesn't serve me at all. And then you swing back into what the advantages are. And now if you do this and you record yourself doing that, and then you play that recording over in the morning, in, you know, before your feet hit the floor when your subconscious is, is not holding on so tight, um, and at night as you're drifting off to sleep, and you just do create like a propaganda campaign that your subconscious can't get away from, and it hears the case over and over again about what the advantages are, and it starts to really understand that there's no disadvantage to doing it. There's nothing that makes you... Um, that puts you in any kind of risk or or leaves you unprotected. And once it's assured of that, your subconscious will go ahead and make the shift. But it has to know that it's doing it in your best interest and that it's going to make you more safe and secure, not less. 
because that's ultimately what your subconscious is there for. It's there to protect you. It's just it's just making decisions based on very old information from, you know, when you were very small and your world was very small and and everything was meant to just keep you safe and secure. Well, now you're mm. a grown-up and your life is much bigger, but it's still operating on these antiquated um, beliefs and opinions that might have been true when you were two, um, mm. you know, or still in the crib. <laughs> so you got to make the case, and then and you got to just constantly um, have your subconscious hear that in your own voice, and then it shifts. And when it shifts, you notice it kind of quietly and subtly, but it's like all of a sudden you, you just realize, oh my God, this is so much easier now. That's so funny. Holy jamoli. Like I'm a counter. I'm I'm mm-hmm. defaulting to doing this. And it's such a weird thing when you notice it for the first time. You're like, Oh, I didn't even I didn't even have to think about it. I just started giving oh, myself compliments. <laughs> and it and is that change permanent then? Permanent. It is permanent. Un- wow. unless unless you start to consciously see the disadvantages of it and your subconscious here's the case and flips it over but yeah it's it's a permanent change and and when you shift it for the better like that all of a sudden you're so much more productive you're so much more you're doing things and you're getting better results and because of that you feel so much better so it's really hard for it to go backwards i mean i i don't mm-hmm. even i can't even imagine a circumstance where all of a sudden you would just say this isn't working for me anymore being productive and effective and reaching my goals i don't i don't have a need yeah, let, for that <laughs> let me beat, let me beat myself up again that was better yeah well we have about five minutes left and i know that um one of the things that you do to help clients with this is you help them create that structured talking to with themselves and create that recording so they can do that and you have generously offered our listeners a free download about this topic can you tell us more about what that is and how it how it can help them yeah. So the download that I'm offering to people is a tool that I use with every single one of my clients, and it's a tool that I use every single day, and it's called Kick Fear in the Ass. And the reason that um, that I use this with everyone and use it so much myself is because when you're in a state of, of fear or really any kind of negative emotion, uh, doubt, worry, anxiety, anger, guilt, shame, remorse, regret, anything that's that's, you know, sort of to the left of of calm peace and equilibrium um when you're in any of those negative emotional states you can't do anything from that place and most people try to so let's look at your to-do list again because we've been doing that for the last hour but let's say that you have you know you have to make client calls um you got to you're going to talk to a prospect um you're going to write some marketing content you know for your website or for a program that you're doing and all of a sudden now you're in a a place of negative energy you're fearful about how you're going to i don't know how you're going to pay your bills or pay for this program that you really want to take and and you're really worried about money um and you're not feeling very confident, how easy is it going to be in that state of mind for you to sit down and write marketing copy, right? Probably not very easy. You're probably not, not going to be feeling... copy anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it either sounds terrible when you're finished with it because of the mood that you were in, or you just can't get anything done. And so now you're feeling pressured because you're like, God, this has been going on for three days and I should have had that copy written. Um, that's going to delay launching my product, launching my program, which is in turn going to affect my finances and you can see where this is going it starts to spiral downward very quickly and i can't get over how often um people try to do things from that negative space because they think that getting it done is going to make them feel better and it's going to help solve the problem that they have but what they don't realize is that it's a little bit like now you're covered in mud and everything that you're going to touch is going to have mud on it take a minute and go wash the mud off and then go do what you were about to do right so mm-hmm. kick fear in the ass is really a uh, a program a guided meditation and explanation of why it's so important to get yourself out of that state of mind 
before you do anything, and then it takes you through the guided meditation of of how to actually get your brain to do that. Because one of the things that I that I have learned and that I teach everybody that I come into contact with, I just shared it with my neighbor yesterday as I was cleaning <laughs> dog poop out of her yard that my dog lovingly left behind. Um, you know. It, everything starts from that place. If if you're in that negative space, then it's going to have an impact on everything that you do. And it only takes a few minutes for you to, to shift that because you're, you, the thoughts that are going on in your head, you have control over. Even though you might not feel like you do, you have control over those thoughts. The feeling, however, in your body, you don't have control over. And usually those two things happen together, but they're not the same thing. So you mm. have to find a way to allow the feeling in your body to be expressed until it wears itself out, like a sneeze or a yawn. It has to happen. It's physical. And if you focus on that, that quiets your mind down and it stops the stories because the stories that you tell yourself, the the spiral that you allow yourself to go into when you follow the fear or um, if you try to do the opposite and tell yourself, stop thinking about that, that's crazy, stop thinking about it, don't worry about mm-hmm. that, just, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, that's not good for you either because now you're resisting it. And you know that old saying of what you resist persists. Right. So this, uh- this process actually allows you to let the feeling leave naturally and to stop the chatter in your head. And then that brings you back to a state of equilibrium. And that's the place where you have to start. You have to start from a place of calm and feeling good. It's easier. 